This is episode number eight of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Hey, welcome to episode number eight of the High Impact Leaders Podcast. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you acquire leadership and management skills to improve your careers and, and really facilitate that dynamic growth in your business. This is episode number eight. And on this episode, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about constructive criticism and whether or not it really is constructive. And I'm also going to share with you some really simple ways to influence people and resolve conflicts that will work way better than what most of us have been taught in our careers. Uh, by the way, the episode is brought to you by the Leaders Institute. So if you if you miss something on the podcast and want to access the podcast notes, just go to www.leadersinstitute.com, hit the magnifying glass in the header, and it'll open a search bar. All you really have to do at that point is just type in the podcast name, and the search console will actually take you to the specific podcast notes for that episode. Uh, in addition, our next High Impact Leaders Boot Camp is scheduled for June 18th and 19th, 2020 in Dallas, Texas. It's going to be near DFW airports. So if you're flying in, it should be really, really easy to to uh, access or get to. Now, tickets aren't on sale yet. Um, I, actually, I was just looking at the the date that this is going to be released. I think that uh, by the time this podcast is released, that the tickets are will be going on sale very shortly after that. Um, but the the tickets are limited to the first 40 people. So this is a fairly small kind of clo- close-knit group. It's not a huge kind of 5,000-person thing. This We want the people that that come to this to get the the absolute best results. And and our boot camps are really awesome. If you've never been to one, um, they, they help help the attendees become more polished and professional speakers, become more poised and persuasive leaders and managers. And we also cover ways to become the center of influence in your industry. So if, if, if basically by doing that, it helps you kind of become that, that go-to expert in your industry that everybody looks to. So for details, uh, go to www.leadersinstitute.com slash leadership course, and, uh, and it will let you know when the tickets are going to go on sale. Uh, today's topic is the difference between constructive and destructive criticism. And so just so you know, I, I mean, I have to admit, I, I mean, I, I, people that know me, they're like, oh, who are you to tell other people about this topic, Doug? You know, because they know that I, you know, I'm I am. I, I have to admit, I, I'm uncomfortable when folks give me constructive criticism. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm human, you know, and, and guess what? You are, too. You're human, too. Um, you're if, if most people, by the way, are uncomfortable receiving constructive criticism. And it, and the, the question is, is that is it really constructive? You know, is is there a difference between constructive criticism and destructive criticism? And the answer to both those questions is, you know, both or the answer is yes and no. Basically, all, all criticism can be destructive to a relationship, no matter how, you know, what the motives are of the giver. So even if you're giving somebody constructive criticism, it can actually be destructive. And in this episode, we're going to cover some things that you can do other than criticize that will help you or help someone else correct behavior or correct mistakes that they make. So basically, we're going to cover a number of constructive ways to influence people that don't raise resentment in the other person. So things other than than criticism. 
And just so you know, from the receiver's standpoint, there's really no difference between constructive and destructive criticism. It doesn't really matter how good you are at delivering criticism, you know, how soft approach you have. Most people believe, by the way, that constructive criticism is good and destructive criticism is bad. But from the receiver standpoint, both comments cause pain, frustration, embarrassment, whatever, whatever euphemism you want to use there. Um, both can really be detrimental to the relationship with that other person as well. And that's the thing to really, really understand about criticism just in general. The, the, um, so, so why is it? I mean, if that, if that is true, if what I'm saying is, is what I'm telling you is true, then why do, why are there so many people out there that believe that, that constructive criticism can be positive. And, and the answer is what I call, I just call this the relationship bank account. And, and what the relationship bank account is, is it's a, it, 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 it's a depository or a repository for all of the um, interactions that you've had with somebody in, in your relationship with that person. And it is what really determines whether or not a comment that is given to a person is either constructive or destructive. Um, and it just, you know, everybody has one of these relationship bank accounts with every single person that you've ever interacted with. Uh, when, when you have a positive experience with that other person, a deposit goes into this bank account. And when you have a negative experience withdrawal is made from the account. And in most cases, the withdrawals are much bigger than the, the deposits that you make. So if you want to maintain a positive balance in this account, you have to make many deposits to counteract even just a few withdrawals. Uh, the, the, and the way that a person responds to criticism, by the way, depends more on the bank account balance that you have than the way that you actually deliver the comment. Although the way you deliver the comment can have, you know, if you, the softer you do it, the, the more likely you are to get a positive response. But most of the time it rely, it's almost entirely based on the relationship that you have with the, with the person. For instance, if, let's say you, if, if for years you've had positive interactions with a person and then you deliver a single critical comment or a critique, that, that comment is going to still hurt. However, because the positive balance in that bank account, because that, that account balance is so positive, the person may, may use the comment to grow, right? So let's say, oh man, that person's always been really fair to me. So that didn't feel really good, but it's probably true. On the other hand, if you have a negative balance and that person is likely going to respond in a very aggressive way, in, in both cases, it doesn't really matter as much about how you deliver the content. The reaction will be determined by the relationship that you've developed with that person. So um, another thing to keep in mind is it's not just this relationship bank account, because sometimes we if we're managers or we're leaders within an organization or maybe I'm an entrepreneur and I have people that that work for me. Um, I, I may spend months or years creating that really positive relationship bank account with the people that work for me. And then all of a sudden I give a comment and the person still reacts negatively. I'm like, what the heck? What's wrong with this person? Right. Well, a person's past experience with conflict can actually cause 
constructive criticism to actually backfire. So um, all of us have different histories and experiences that shape our view of conflict. And on the extreme, someone who's lived with an, an abusive parent or an abusive spouse may see even positive comments as critical. You can actually say something positive to that person and they can still see it as being a, a criticism. In other cases, people who have very supportive family structures, they see critiques as, as a positive no matter what. So you can actually be fairly critical and the other person says, oh, okay, just trying to help me grow. Right. And, and so it's in, in some situations anyway, that the experiences that we've had can, can temper the way that we, that we deal with these, these constructive comments. Um, give you an example of this. Years ago, I was training two new instructors at the same time. So I, one of the things that I do at the Leaders Institute is I train new instructors to teach our public speaking classes, our leadership courses, our team building events. And so I had two people, two different regions of the country that were training at, at almost the exact same time. They started within you know a month or two of each other. And at times during the process, though, I would offer a tip to help each of these instructors grow. Now, both these people had similar positive interaction with me for months. So I'd, I'd known each one of them for about the same amount of time. I've given, given them the same positive um, reinforcement for, for the months that I had, had been with them. And, and the relationships were very solid with both of these people. And as we got toward the end of the training process, though, I offered a few kind of fine tuning attempts to each each one of the, the these new instructors. And my technique was to start with praise. You know, I, I would say something like, hey, I just want to tell you how impressed uh, that I am uh, with with how well you're doing and the training process. And then next, just so you know, from time to time, I may see you doing something that I've realized is a mistake because I've made the same mistake years ago. And in those situations, would you prefer that I mention them to you? And if the person says yes, I don't launch right into a litany of criticism. You know, I, I don't do that. Often I'll just reply with something like, well, I haven't noticed anything yet, but if I do, I just don't want you to think that I'm being overly critical. So that's a good way to, to kind of prep a future coaching session. I, I don't like to go into the coaching, the, the criticism right away. I tend to kind of give them just a little bit of, of warning. Um, the other technique that I like to use that works really well is to ask questions to let the other person save face. So instead of starting with, with constructive or destructive criticism, ask a question first. You know, something like, hey, since we're always looking for ways to improve, did anything happen during the process that wasn't optimal? And I let them Try and figure it out for themselves, right? If you could, if you can improve any part of what just happened, what would you, what would you want to fix or what could you do to, to fix it? And then wait for the answer and then ask the person what, what they're going to do next time based on that thought, you know? So, Hey, if that, if that really is true, so what are you going to do next time? So all I'm really doing is I'm letting the other person figure out that he or she can make a behavior change, get a better result. And it's a little bit easier than me pointing out that they've, they've screwed up. Um, for instance, let's say that a direct report missed a, a deadline. Let's say that, that we had a deadline. We missed it. Instead of confronting that person and laying blame, you know, instead of going to that person and saying, you idiot, why did you miss the deadline? I just, I, I instead I, I could go to that person, just ask a question. Hey, I know we're under the gun on that, that tight deadline. How did it all work out? Or were you able to finish the project on time? And most likely the person is going to like lay blame elsewhere. Most people do that. Most people will, will, when you ask a question like that, they're going to respond by saying something like, oh, if I had just got the information or if I did or whatever, I just had a little bit more time, whatever it is. Right. So 
a good coach can then ask a follow-up question. Hey, I totally understand. I can see how that would create a challenge. So what do you want to do in the future to make sure that that doesn't come back and bite you again? So basically all I'm doing in each one of these situations is I'm asking questions to get the other person to grow as a, as an employee, as a, as a, in whatever it is that he or she is doing. The difference between constructive and destructive criticism is often the ability to, to let the other person say face. So basically by asking questions, you're letting the other person and say face. Um, this is one that we're going to talk about on the next episode. It's admit a similar mistake that you made first. And, and this is one of the, it's one that, this is the one that my dad used to train me when I was growing up. Um, you know, it's really subtle and it's a good way to, to kind of let the other person know that, that that person has made a mistake. And in a good way to do it is with a self-deprecating story. So I, I mentioned that my dad used this technique on me a lot. You know, when I was growing up, I, 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 um, he, he used to use this as a coaching technique to teach me not to make the same mistakes that he made. And I try to use it with my own kids, uh, and, and the folks that work for me and it works surprisingly well in most cases. And, and that's assuming by the way, that we have a positive balance in that relationship bank account. As long as the person trusts us, this one works surprisingly well. Basically, instead of just pointing out someone else's error, Tell them how you made a similar mistake. Going back to that missed deadline I mentioned earlier, you just start by telling how you missed a deadline once. You know, years ago, I received a call from a a long term client who had a meeting the following day with his boss, uh, and the 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 boss was in the process of hiring a consulting firm to do you know like three months worth of work for the for the company or hiring to, to do three wor- months worth of work. And the consultants that he had been interviewing had been a little vague on the exact scope of the project. And they were also a little vague on the overall cost of the project. So the, the boss was getting a little nervous about it. So my client mentioned to his boss that perhaps my company would be, would, 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 could be able to present an additional proposal for the job. Now, when, when I got this phone call, I had just finished teaching a, a class in Boston. It was pretty late in the day and I had to fly home and I also had a connecting flight in Philadelphia, right? So basically I was leaving Boston, connecting in Philadelphia, then flying to, to Dallas and, and it was pretty late in the day already. So, um, the, so basically the, the client said that, you know, Hey, I can, I've, I, I need to make sure that I get a proposal by, by 8 a.m. in the morning. And, um, and, you know, can you do that? And, you know, and, and of course we're doing all this by, by email at the time. And, and I, I said, Hey, I'll find a way to make it happen. And, um, the, what happened though was on that flight, when on the flight home, neither of the flights had Wi-Fi. A lot of times when I'm flying nowadays, the, the, uh, flights have Wi-Fi. neither of them had it. And so I had a, and I had a very short layover in Philadelphia. It was to like jump off the plane, get onto the next one kind of thing. And I ended up getting back to my house or back home. It was late. It was after 2 a.m. in the morning and I'd created the proposal on the plane. So all I really had to do was just connect to the internet when I got home, send the proposal out and, and, and kind of let it go. And so I, um, so I did that, you know, 2 a.m. in the morning, huge file though. So I connected to my laptop, hit send and I waited. And when it looked like the email had, had gone, you know, went to bed. Next morning I woke up, the email was still in my outbox. I was humiliated because it, it, it never finished sending, sending. So if the thing is, is that I had worked so hard to finish that, that proposal at such an early hour in the morning, late, late hour. And, and I didn't really focus on the details. So as a result, I missed out on a big opportunity and let my client down. Um, so basically by me kind of telling a story like that to someone who has just missed a deadline, 
then, um, and then at that point, I can just say, you know, so really, I mean, I know that I know you probably feel pretty bad about the about missing that deadline. I would too. I mean, I I, I have in the past. Just you know, in the future, let's just kind of pay attention to the details and make sure that we we get it done on um, on time. Fair enough. And and basically, by doing something that way, it's like instead of me saying, "Hey, you're an idiot," it's now me saying, "Hey, look, I'm an idiot," and you know, I've done this before as well. And a lot of times, it kind of lets the person save face a little bit. So um, the, the last thing that I want to kind of cover here um, before we, we end is that constructive criticism and employee evaluations can be a little tricky. This is one of the reasons why a lot of people, if they're if you're searching for constructive criticism on, on um, YouTube or on, on a podcast or something like that, it's most likely because you've got an employee evaluation coming up and you're like, how in the world? This is not going as well as what I want it to. How do I do this better? So one of the things to keep in mind is that when you take corrective actions like like with the story above, you let the, the employee say face um, it, when you do those kind of things and those annual evaluations are easier as well. The most important difference between constructive and destructive criticism and employee evaluations is there should absolutely be no surprises in an evaluation process. (laughs) If you're a great coach, an employee evaluation should be more like an award ceremony, not a funeral. So you, you basically don't want to wait until your annual performance review or that person's annual performance review to give feedback. You want to do your coaching throughout the year. Give that positive feedback whenever you can. And in situations where you have to be critical, ask questions, tell a self deprecating story. That way you, when you get to that annual performance, performance review, you don't have to give all that constructive criticism. So hopefully this is very helpful. Um, make sure and, and connect with us. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're, we're, get, we're getting the subscriptions up every single week. We're getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more people kind of subscribing, which is awesome. We love that. Um, and uh, leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. And we'll see you next week on the High Impact Leaders podcast. Bye, y'all.